Welcome to AM Best Audio. Good afternoon. Uh, today I have Hoyoi Yen, uh, Head of uh, Analytics for Asia Pacific for Galagari. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank Looking you, forward to having a bit of a chat and getting your viewpoint and understanding, in particular, what to start the process, what is your actual role being head of analytics there? So I look after analytics for Asia PAC for Galagari. Uh, my own background is on the actuarial side, so I'm yes. a qualified actuary of the Australian Institute. Um, but for us at Gallagher Analytics, uh, well, it covers a, a quite a huge umbrella of different subsets of analytics. Predominantly would be actuarial as well as catastrophe, as you can imagine. Uh, but there will be a string of others as well, including strategic analytics, climate, for instance, insure tech, etc., uh, that we also harness um, in-house. Okay. Climate obviously is a very topical subject at the moment in, in so many different ways. One, the actual physical impact to the economic impact. So where does Gallagheri and your role there, how do you, what is the, if you like, the outcome and the benefits of doing those data analytics? Well, I mean, as you say, right, uh, it's such an important topic. Uh, it's, it's so topical, it features amongst the top key risks um, of, of uh, most uh, industry opinions. Uh, and, and for us the same, we recognize that climate change um, is critical, uh, it is real, um, yes. but also, we, we want to put it in the context in terms of time horizons. Uh, climate change is a longer term effect. We're talking about 20, 30, 50 years out in terms of uh, a lot of the studies and projections that are put in yes. place. Uh, obviously, very important to, to do the, the work and the analysis and the understanding for the longer term. Uh, but the thing that's also important for us as an industry to, to start to uncouple uh, and distinguish the, the longer term effects of climate change from mm. things that are happening today. So the seasonal climate variability uh, in terms of, say, the ENSO signals uh, that yes. are happening and have actual impact already on the ground today. Uh, we are actually in the transition year at the moment from El Nino, uh, from La Nina into El Nino. Yes. But actually, there hasn't been a lot of conversation about that at all. When you say there hasn't been a lot of conversation, you're talking about the change in frequency of those events or...? Well, in terms of just recognising that it is a transition year, debating or discussing about the impact of right. uh, what okay. to expect from La Nina, uh, um, a season into an El Nino one, yes. for instance. Uh, so these seem to have been subsumed into a broader climate change conversation where, yes. in, in fact, um, it, it is different. Right? Obviously, they are interrelated because climate change in the longer run will have impact on the seasonal variability. Uh, but as, as a topic on its own, um, uh, it feels to us that um, it, it isn't as hotly discussed uh, and, and recognised as it should be. Okay. Now, I, so it, in a sense, it's almost re removing the emotion and keeping to the facts of actually what is happening and then, if you like, channelling what the different risks are and how they the impact because I hear what you're saying with, with the El Ninos etc you have one that means you have wildfires if you have the other you have floods correct and because it changes people are turning around saying it's climate change and you think no it has a direct correlation to climate change but they're actually independent events 
at the same time? Well, the seasonal climate variability has been around. It's been well researched, it's a well uh, established uh, uh, scientific phenomenon. So, yes. so it's something that, that has been around. There is impact from climate change, again, in the longer run. Uh, but the effects of um, ENSO and other signals uh, are, are, are here today already. So as you said, right, La Nina more associated with um, uh, the, the flooding and rainfall, uh, you know, more with bushfires, uh, mm. but that's a, quite a simplistic way of representing it, yes. isn't it? Uh, it is in reality a very, very complex landscape. Uh, there will be different effects on different perils, different lines of business, different territories. Uh, and, and there needs to be more discussion and recognition when we look back at the losses, for instance, in the past couple of years. Yes. Uh, is it coming out of expected seasonal climate variability? Yes. And less so, good, good perhaps, question. climate yes. change impact on today or otherwise. So, Galgary, we, we publish as part of the APAC Market Watch uh, report, which we launched at SRC this week. Um, one of the thematic papers uh, was around ENSO and the transition. Uh, but as part of that, we also did a study uh, in terms of the historical loss activity. Uh, and what we observed was over a 40-year period, yes. uh, the, the insured losses trended. Mm. Um, in La Nina years are actually significantly higher than El Nino years. Is that right? That is re really interesting, okay. Doesn't get picked up a lot, does it? No. It's so, so we found that, I mean, obviously based on our collection of historical losses, but that's not going to be vastly different from, from other publications out there. Right. Uh, and, and it was, again, notably different. Uh, now that's not for, we're not in any way suggesting that, okay, losses over the next couple of years because it's only now going to be lower or more benign. But I think what we're suggesting is that there does need to be more conversation uh, mm. to recognise these, these signals, um, as opposed to just yeah. conflating it with the longer term subject of climate it, it, change. So, it, to, for a simple layman like myself, there is a trend and we need to understand what the details of that trend are noting that there will also be variability attached to that so do not draw if you like a hundred percent conclusion is, is am i on on it yeah you're getting there let's understand the drivers exactly mm. that publication that you're talking about that's been released is that available to the general public it is indeed uh, so we in the lead up to src on a bi-weekly basis we had released um, three thematic reports one was on um, the, the uh, uh, climate change and then so another one was on inflation in terms of um, uh, its impact in the Asia-Pacific region uh, and the third one was on uh, capital uh, and capital recycling yes. uh, in the current market conditions. Uh, and also uh, earlier this week the full report was released uh, and it includes um, a detailed discussion on uh, 14, if I'm not mistaken, different territories uh, in the Asia-Pacific region, so covering okay. regulation, uh, the local operating environment, market dynamics and okay. what have you. So the, the data analytics that you're just sharing with us now, mm -hmm. because you, you, if you like, you put an economic value uh, to uh, a claims experience, mm -hmm. and then you build in what the inflation impact is, So mm -hmm. you, and then, if you like, you withdraw the inflation so you can say what the true cost of the events are on a comparable basis? Is that part of the, the exercise? Uh, well, 
what we for that particular inflation piece, it was a, a more qualitative discussion, if you will. Okay. We do draw on different indices um, to to make some observations uh, about what's been happening across the region. Um, and I mean, in a nutshell, uh, and I think this is uh, widely agreed. Um, the in a lot of the Asian territories, inflation has been far more benign than what was experienced in Europe and, and in the US. Yes, it is higher. Uh, than what it was before, and quite quite a lot of places still trading higher than um, what the uh, uh, target risk-free rates would be um, yes. on, on the government side. Uh, I guess the question here is um, how long is it going to stay, mm. uh, and also, well, what are insurers, reinsurers doing about it, right? Because uh, Asia. As you are aware, it's a very diverse region. Yes. We've got it, it, many language, regulatory, climate. Everything mm. um, uh, is just a bit nuanced, uh, and yes. the effect of inflation locally, in turn, is the same. Would be a bit more nuanced. Okay. But what you were mentioning just now, in terms of, uh, I suppose, trending of loss activity, etc. So I referenced the, um, the the ENSO study that we did before in terms of yes. El Nino and La Nina losses. Uh, so what we do there is, is definitely to look at inflation in the past um, to bring it up to, to comparable economic value today. Yes. Um, and we try to account for exposure growth over time as well. A uh, common approach to that is to uh, essentially track GDP growth yes. over time. So if you have a loss from 30 years ago, what was the GDP then? Uh, scale it to today. Uh, I suppose one... Uh, one thing that, that perhaps also doesn't get discussed enough is how good a proxy is that for true mm -hmm. exposure growth on the ground, yes. uh, particularly in uh, emerging economies in, yes. in Asia, where mm -hmm. significant, huge growth in terms of uh, asset values, insured values and whatnot over time, penetration still low, but has been increasing over time yeah. as well. Right. So these effects are, are more difficult to to account for uh, in terms of then reflecting the, the exposure growth over time. Yes. So when people, uh, I suppose, uh, reference increasing losses um, mm. by just looking at the It's not necessarily benefits. the case. It's, yeah, there's a lot have, of quantitative have, and quantitative measures. Correct. I mean, the approach, right, uh, has uh, inherent flaws in it. Um, so yep. it's just, again, asking Next question uh, in, in going into a little bit more detail around what's really happening. Customize your data experience. Best Link now offers an interactive company dashboard that provides company level intelligence in a fast, user friendly interface featuring interactive tables, charts, and Sparkline performance histories. Customize the dashboard tiles to prioritize the insurer ratings, data, and analytics that best support your workflow. AM Best. Our insight, your advantage. And does the data analytics that you and your team are involved in, does that drill down to the secondary perils and, and how? Of course. One of my great pets is that no two actuaries agree. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, there you go. So if you could share your thoughts on how that actually works with the secondary perils. That, I'd appreciate the insight. Uh, well, firstly, I'm with you there. Um, so. As with models, right? We have yep. vendor models out there and catastrophe modeling, they come up with different answers. Uh, ideally, they would be in the same ballpark, uh, but that's not always the case. But coming back to secondary perils, um, and 
isn't that a topical subject matter uh, uh, in this in this renewal season? Um, if we come back to, I suppose, the the Asian landscape, Ryan, for a moment. Right. For many territories, the secondary peril in flood is actually the primary peril. So take, for instance, Malaysia, take, for instance, Thailand, right? Um, flooding activity is the principal peril of concern. Yes. Uh, and in turn, has been researched and um, uh, with you know, model building activity and modeling mm. coverage. Um, for quite a few years, uh, so uh, I think that you know sometimes we, uh, we appreciate it, right? Uh, in terms of Europe and US, the definitions uh, may be a little bit different. Yep. Peak perils there, obviously, yes. earthquake and wind. Uh, but I guess the point that I'm trying to make that when you come into again the very diverse Asian landscape, uh, there are territories where uh, the secondary is already the primary. So what exactly are we talking about when we yep. refer to? to um, secondary here. Uh, so as I said, in, in the Southeast Asian landscape, um, a peril like flood uh, has been looked into uh, in a whole lot of detail in the last decade, okay. um, ever since the Thailand incident, right? Um, so that did spark a lot of questions and debate around flooding. Yes. Um, today, uh, it's, it's a reasonably well-modeled peril uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in that region. And it's probably better understood even by the community to be aware of what these potential perils are as such. Whereas that, as you raised the one with Thailand, totally unexpected and people just yeah, weren't aware of how to manage it at the start as well as at the end of that process. It was secondary before that and then yeah. it became, yeah. So yeah. A different journey, I suppose, um, in, in some of the markets and territories here. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way of describing it. Um, so. I've really enjoyed this. We could probably go on for hours, and I will be reading the Gallagher republication because yeah, you've come up do. with a couple of good I'll give things. you a hard copy after this. Yeah, well, especially when you were talking about the El Nino, etc., etc. I never viewed it the way until you just shared us with it. You think, you know what? There's a different way of understanding how these things really. I, I, I think most of us, uh, you know, didn't occur to us until we saw the actual numbers, right? Yes. Um, but it comes back to the point: do do we look into it closely enough? There are many reasons that that, that would happen. As, as I said, we're not anticipating that the next few years will be then more benign, but it's just a prompt, uh, yeah. the discussion. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you'd really like to share with us that um, we probably haven't covered? Well, I know we could go in a lot of areas, I understand that. But there's something that any special advice or guidance you could give us? Um, I suppose. Um Especially in the, uh, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll prefix that with, especially in the reinsurance industry, sure. because at the end of the day, you're the ones that are on the major risk, if that makes sense, sure, on the balance sure. sheet. Of course. Um, the, I mean, I suppose one area that, that we sh wouldn't mind discussing is around, um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of question right now in terms of what to expect for the renewal season to come. Yes. Uh, and, and I think there's enough conversation out there, right? So, there, there seems to be uh, uh, you know, recognition that uh, we are not reverting, resuming into a soft market environment uh, right. anytime so soon. The circumstances of um, the, this particular hard market is quite different uh, from the ones that have happened um, well, post 9-11, post Katrina, right? Yeah. Well, they, they do always refer to cycles, and I think every cycle is different. We probably shouldn't even use the word cycle. Cycle, but anymore, we do have right? hard to get premiums. So. 
it's a bit like what you were talking before. They just get all put together, and you think, no, they're different reasons. Different, different, different things going yeah. on, correct? Uh, and, and this time around is very much to do with underwriting performance, or, or rather sustained uh, underperformance in, in, in results. Um, and uh, I suppose the, the the view, the general view, is that things are not going to go down. It's just a question of okay, can it maintain risk-adjusted flat, or how much on top of that is going to be. Um, but the other aspect to that, so pricing is one thing. Um, retention levels, uh, mm -hmm. obviously, and policy wording, and policy wordings, and mm. etc. Mm. Um, it the. the I guess that there is a danger sometimes um, when we are in a hardening environment and this tightening of terms and conditions, pushing of retention levels up, um, that we have to watch that we don't start becoming, as an industry, um, reducing our relevance to, to our clients and our yes. communities. Yep. Uh, and, and a good example of that, of course, is um, pushing the retentions up. For instance, yes. uh, so yeah, obviously understand the background to that, right? Um, and and how you know the reinsurer industry want a more balanced sharing of risk with students and whatnot. Uh, but I think also we we need to understand the nuances, um, especially in this part of the world, yep. uh, whereby retentions at those levels aren't just for earnings volatility. It's not just about their PNL in that particular year. It's mm. about capital as well. About capital and it's about long-term relationships with trust. Correct. But the capital piece is important because I think it's not well recognised. Mm. Um, in Europe, in US, where you have better capitalised environments, mm -hmm. moving from you know, a 1 in 8 level to a 1 in 10 level or whatnot, it's not going to be detrimental to the capital position if there is a loss activity. Yes. This part of the world, though, devastating can be it can be capital eroding it, mm. it can be an existential question um, mm. I mean we've seen yes. cases whereby open market attachment points uh, have have gone up to 25 30 percent of the overall capital for a particular mm. client so in any one year so I think those um, aspects need to be thought about as, as markets are approaching particularly this part of the world and the emerging territories um, and also, importantly, let's try not to leave, as an industry, let's try not to leave our clients and the communities with no solution. Um, if it has to go up for a particular reason, is there anything else that we can do collectively mm -hmm. to help our students trade through? Uh, yes. and, and that's you know, one of the areas that um, we tend to, to focus a lot on as well, uh, particularly in, as retention levels are moving up. How do we help our clients navigate through that with other other solutions? And underlying that, there's that word education process too, isn't it? To make sure that the risk management and the governance all go together to create a better environment for of all. Of course, of course. And um, I, I think uh, as an industry, we do do that. But mm. are we doing enough? Mm. Um, could we do more? Mm. For sure. I really appreciate you taking the time to have a talk to us today, Hoya. You've been very, very insightful. I keep on learning. Every interview I've had, it's been great. So thank you very much for that. Thank and you hopefully for we'll see you again in 2024. And thank you. you. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you.
Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day, find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.